It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. It's Talk LP Podcast time. Amber Bradley, your host. Thanks for joining us here with a special guest today, Carlton Hemphill, Senior Retail Operations Manager with Kroger. What is up, Carlton? Hey, how are you? Glad Good. to be here today. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is kind of a special edition of Talk LP because we are getting in the nitty gritty about innovation with stuff that, you know, some people might think hasn't really been innovated in a long time, right? <laughs> so, so let me stop to say that this podcast, we are so grateful to Alltag for sponsoring it. Um, and we appreciate them so much and their support in the loss prevention industry. Thank you, Alltag. More information about Alltag in the show notes. But Carlton, we are having you here today because you are an innovator. You are, you work with your solution providers and you innovate solutions that work. So we were like, we got to get you in here to talk about <laughs> innovation. And your, your background is pretty unique because you've got merchandising, operations, loss prevention. So let's give the audience kind of the whole kit and caboodle, not like since you were eight, but give them uh, an overview of your professional experience. Sure. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity for me to be on here. And I, and I enjoy looking at podcasts and learning new things from some of my peers as well. So hopefully I, this is helpful to others. So I started off with Kroger a little over 24 years ago, ran stores in one of our regional division um, offices there, um, went from the stores, running stores as a store manager, store director to the division or regional office, worked there as over shrink for those 215 stores there, worked on process improvement there as well. Then I came to the corporate office. So I've been in corporate for about 12 years now, started off in process improvement, worked on my Six Sigma Greenbelt projects there, working with warehouses and logistics side. And then I moved over from the logistics warehouse side over to the merchandising side. So I did regional sales plan manager, category manager for um, four different categories as well. And then I moved over to where I am now into the corporate asset protection shrink side. So oversee all the center store, uh, what's happening in our store. So we're talking maybe around $65, $70 billion worth of sales that falls under my jurisdiction to manage. What are we doing from a shrink side? From a hard in the target operational standards as well. So I write a lot of operational standards. And what we're talking about today, I'm over uh, product protection, theft deterrence for Kroger as well. This is really cool because you're like the personification of what we've what I've talked about with other executives, right? Where they talk about getting your feet wet in all of these different areas. And honestly, you've had, you, you weren't, your feet weren't wet. You were in the pool, you were soaking wet, like in all of these other uh, areas, which, you know, it's not gonna be long before we see you running that place over there in Kroger, because that's really what most of the executives that I interview talk about is you're doing it, which I think is so cool. Um, and why we really wanted to talk to you today, because you're, it's a perfect example of being innovative to solve problems. and. When you talk about product protection, 
one of the things that, you know, I've had podcasts on before because it's like hard, there, there are so many aspects that are uh, super important to the business with product protection and, and the technology is tough because it's like, you're, you're, ha you're going from like some stores and retail operations that have, that are in the stone ages or, and then some that are rapidly moving toward, you know, omni-channel and all this other craziness. So when you're looking at product protection, what are the things that you've seen that protect your products the best and the newest and innovative, most innovative things that you've worked on uh, in your most recent career in product protection? Well, there's, there's several different ways to look at it. And I think that's a great question. I can, you can look at it from a technology standpoint. So we're, we're digging into things from camera and you know close to face recognition as well as hey how can we get technology to flag us if we see somebody putting with cameras putting somebody in the cart three or more of a particular item or whatever our threshold is that we put into the system that hey it's going to flag our associates to say hey go help that customer go acknowledge them go see what they're doing um, so we're looking at things from that standpoint. We look at things also from a front door standard. You know, hey, how can we get people that are going to walk out our store without paying for something to, to alert us? So we use EAS tags. I'll talk a little bit more about that, as well as other things like per check is one of the things that we're involved with. That's from so those are some of the things that we're looking at from a holistic standpoint. We dig into RFIDs. We're looking into, we have different projects going on that we're looking at is what's the best way for this group of product, you know, because you got to use different type of technologies for different products at times that will help us increase our sales, minimize our losses, have the right in stock on, on the sales floor for our customers for a good shopping experience. And at the same point of time, not take additional labor. So those are some of the things yeah, that we're which is at. super critical right now, right? I don't know anybody that's not having issues with labor, right? I mean, that's crazy. No, across the board, yeah, turnover is very high in all the industries. You can't even go to a fast food place without them maybe closing earlier, yeah, or shutting down. So it, yeah. it's a challenge. So we always have to take that into consideration. There's there's like six buckets that we norm that I normally look at when I'm looking at these type of adventures and technologies and how I'm going to step forward with something. One is a what's it going to do for us from a sales standpoint? Okay, then we have to look at it. Hey, how is it going to help us from an in stock standpoint as well? Like keeping the product on the shelf, which is kind of collaborates with sales from a shrink loss standpoint. Labor piece I mentioned. Is this a better or more useful product protection? And then a lot of people um, really from the higher ups really focus on this is what's the expense? Do we even have the expense or can we improve it? Is it worth the spin to get the return on investment to go that direction? So those are the little six buckets that I use to evaluate, hey, is this something that we need to move forward with for the enterprise standpoint or a portion of the enterprise, certain stores or certain commodities or certain categories. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so, so talking about um, 
things that hit all of those buckets, right? And I'm sure it's hard to find. There is no magic bullet, unfortunately, right? <laughs> but there's a couple things that we, that you use and want to call out here today that kind of fit those buckets. Um, and and a lot of times, you know, um, grocery stores use at different levels these AM and RF tags, right? That's so correct. talking about that in in some technology that you know needs to be innovative, but also what it's almost like what else can you do you know what i mean like when you just when you think like okay there's nothing else we can do to make this innovative you actually thought of something and worked with Alltag to implement it and have and test it and see some results so you want to tell us about that yeah so i've, I've worked with a few different vendors on a few different things but one of the things that i'm i'm proud of and i got this little plaque here from one of the vendors that i work with is we work with um, so we normally had the AM tags, if you normally look up here, this rectangular. Um, so we're using that for years, putting that on product. But one of the things that I noticed, even from being in stores, because we had it when I was running stores X amount of years ago, I won't get into how long ago that was. But even when I was in stores, we were utilizing that. Well, as you know, with these, for those that are in the stores, these are easy to come off. You can flick them off, um, just bend it a little bit. It really doesn't damage the product if you take it off. So I was a little concerned with that. So I had a vendor come in that wanted to expand utilizing one of the products that they had for our frozen items. And it had a little overlay on it, but it was nothing major. It didn't stick as well as I liked. And so I got with that particular vendor and I said, hey, if you want to expand your business with Kroger, here's what I need you to do. I need you to come up with something that can go on dry, frozen, and refrigerated. So all three. I, I can't have my stores ordering this tag for one thing, this tag for another. It'd be too difficult. And then at the same point in time, I said, hey, um, I want to put some, some verbiage on there. I want some specific colors and have some verbiage on there. So in this particular case, it has both. You can see it. It has both Spanish and English, oh, cool. what we came up with. I want to put some verbiage on there just to show that it's, it's protected. Okay. So we went through six iterations to get here. Um, one of the main keys with this is why did I want an overlay over what we already had? Okay. So we already had this, as I said, but I wanted an overlay to show people that it was protected. It stands out more. It sticks better to the product. So a lot of times with the organized retail crime people, of course, they're trying to resell that product. Right. So if I can get something on there that'll deface it or damage it some, if you try and pull it off, then they can't sell it. Or some of them with this on there, it's like, hey, I can't sell that. It, it doesn't look good. And people will think I'm kind of a shoddy um, yeah. solicitor. Because the text or, on there says, if exactly. found, right? Yep. Well, this does. This one says if found. Yeah. We use that label as well. Um, so with, with this on there, the overlay is very helpful because it, it, it initiates them thinking that, hey, it's, our, it's, it's deterrent for them. It already has some sort of EAS tag that will sound alarm when it goes out. Um, it's hard to peel off. So we had them perforate this. Initially, it wasn't but it's perforated. So as you peel it off, it comes in little pieces. So it takes time. So those who are trying to steal, they don't want to take a lot of time to try and dismantle 
the theft deterrent or the product protection item to steal the product, they want to dismantle it quickly so they can get in and get out. Right. Um, so that took a lot of time. So we, we went through that, those iterations. And the good thing about this is when I tested this, we had the first one was this, the yellow one. Okay. And that was on dry refrigerated items and, and also frozen. And then um, since I did this one, we also did the one up here, which is microwavable to ensure that if somebody bought shrimp or, or if frozen fish that we put this on are also crab legs or some of the meat and they accidentally freeze it and then try and, and defrost it in the microwave. I don't want them charging Kroger. No. Say, hey, Kroger blew Fire. up my microwave. Because Fire back. Exactly. Those <laughs> items were on there. So it's very interesting how that worked. And the test turned out that um, when I tested this in the seven stores, just to get some feedback is, 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 is how is this working? Did it get the results that I want from the sales, the in stock, the shrink, the labor, product protection, and expense, those six buckets? Um, the sales increased anywhere from half a percent to 2% in those stores. And I only did the numbers on the items we put this on, not the overall category. So I pulled individual UPCs, universal products. Yeah, so products it's super specific. I mean, you yeah, were comparing with before. You had the tags on it and then after, right? After, I mean, that's pretty exactly. straight up. Yeah, you got to be, you got to know exactly with everything else that was going around because the stores already had whatever cameras and everything else they were doing. Yeah. This was the only thing that changed. Yeah. Um, so we had anywhere from a half a percent to 2% increase in sales, 1.5 to five and a half, depending on the store, reduction in shrink, which is huge. So all that's bottom line money. Yeah, the sales increase and the shrink reduction. And also I got some feedback from the associates, you know, talking to them that, hey, that they're having to put less tags on the product. The product was staying on the shelf longer, so a better in-stock position. They didn't have to stock it as much. So that's, hey, that's saving it, you know, intangibly not looking at it, some labor that you, that you wouldn't have known that you were saving before. So it was helping us from a labor standpoint. And it didn't change any of our best practices because we were already, already doing it on the product. Yeah. So I didn't have to change what our store teams were doing. I just changed the quality of the product that they were putting on each of those high theft items. So it worked out very well. So once I did the test, then I got with the particular vendor. Um, we did a couple more iterations on it based upon the feedback from the store teams. And then I rolled it out to the enterprise to about 2,300 stores. We had a couple of divisions that didn't, don't utilize the EAS tag, but the majority of our stores do. So that's a, that's a big push out to about 2,350 stores. Yeah. And the overlay, it doesn't mess with how the tags typically deactivated anyway. Right. So your front end didn't have to do it, learn or do anything different. Right. Nope. Nothing different. And that was the whole point, but it helped me in, in those buckets. The only bucket that it may have may have cost just a tad bit more because of this, of the overlay was the expense, you know, the price of this. But if I'm putting less labels on, my associate said, hey, they're not finding as many uh, of these flicked off the packages laying around the floor, then it's, then it's a win. Yeah, I mean, our, you sell one more filet mignon, right? 
I mean, there you go. Yeah. But the good <laughs> thing about it, so our expense went up because more stores started utilizing this because they were happy with these that, hey, I'm putting it on and it's not a wasteful mo motion. I'm yeah. not wasting my time with finding it laying across the store or somebody peeling it off or it not sticking well, which happened a lot of times. Yeah, because that's a big deal, right? I mean, these tags, it, they're the bane of their existence, right, has been the environmental challenges, right? When you're talking about humidity, frozen, you know, the temperature and, and dealing with all of that, it's super important where it's applied. So it, it seems like the overlay is sol solving all types of, of environmental issues. Yeah, yes, it, it helped all across the board. And, and one of the biggest issue is, you know, I didn't have to get, you know, approval from all the different executives because it's a huge, big expense. It's something that's outside of our norm and best practice. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times we have to, you know, go to the committee and this is what we want to roll out and this is why we want to do it. So it was just a, a, a quick change for, for, you know, low hanging fruit. Yeah. Low -hanging yeah. Fruit so you're there. saying. You're saying it wasn't some huge big expense that you're like adding a whole nother technology into technology, the store. Yeah. You're like, you're just tweaking something that you've already using and with no changes at all. Yep. Just to make yeah. it make it better for for the people and to help minimize our our organized retail crime focal groups that are coming into our specific stores for those products. Yeah, because now honestly, they're seeing something different. They don't know what that thing does. Right. I mean, when they're seeing it's red, it's got the lock on it. It says, you know, if found return. I mean, you know, they're probably like, OK, I knew what the other thing was that I could just flick off. But this, you know, what's up now? Yeah. Well, we've had them. I mean, I've had some feedback when it came out originally that getting some emails on hey, we caught somebody trying to take it off and uh, and they couldn't do it. And, and what have you and they saw people kind of put stuff down yeah you know i've had some of some emails that were saying hey somebody was messing with it then ended up putting it down because they couldn't get it off like they used to and that's one of the the quantitative things that we don't have is how many people because they see that are actually deterred is what we what we want is don't try and steal it because it does have that theft to turn on yeah that's right and how, how do you even measure how do you measure the stuff that didn't happen, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the next thing you need to work on, Carlton, <laughs> is figuring out the formula for measuring things that don't happen. Because if you figure that out, you better quit Kroger and patent it because I think oh, you'll yeah, be a exactly. very rich man. But okay, let's talk a little bit about um, your, your transition to all these other departments in Kroger, just to get a little bit about you and kind of leadership and stuff. And for our audience, yeah. you know, we've got people that, that listen from all different levels, right? What is your advice to folk? And I know we didn't talk about this, so this oh. is off the cuff. <laughs> but what is your advice for, you know, LP people or even operations people, because that's where you came from, right? You know, um, trying to move up the ladder. Like clearly you are a guy that says, you know what? I don't know about that. I'm going to go try that, right? Not like, ooh, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone because I don't know anything about all that. Like you're a risk taker. It seems like you're going to like, no, operations, I'll try that. Merchandising, I'll try that. Like what do you, what advice do you have for people that say, you know, look, I, I want to go up the chain or I want to try different stuff, but maybe I'm scared. I don't know. 
you know, I don't know, getting out of my comfort zone. What was that like for you? Uh, that's an outstanding question. Some of the key things that I would say is look for special projects. Talk to one of the things that I did with, you know, when I was in the store, when I was a district, when I was uh, working around in the districts, in the division office, and even in corporate, is get with my leadership team and said, hey, what is this some, a special project? Or what is the, some of the things that is keeping you up at night that you want somebody to work on? And hey, I want to help you work on that. That's cool. So, so that was one of the things that kind of, that helped me even when I was in stores talking to my, I'm going way back just to show you kind of the prog progression is talking to my, my district manager, zone manager, we called it back then is, hey, what are some of the things that you're struggling with with some of your co-managers or your assistant store managers, some of your other people? And he's like, oh, I got this one that, you know, I don't know if he's salvageable or she's salvageable. I said, well, send them to me. Send them to me. Let me work with them. Let me see if they're salvageable. I give you my opinion on whether they're salvageable and I can work with them. And some I salvaged and some I didn't. Um, but those are some of the things is to interact, is to, hey, I'm open to, to, for some challenges to assist you in doing something. Um, and don't, think, don't be afraid to ask questions. When I, one of the things I used to tell uh, the people, I tell the people under me, is I said, there's kind of two answers to everything. The right answer or all research. <laughs> That's awesome. That's right? a tweetable. Give me, give, me the, give me the right answer or all research. Don't make up crap. Don't give me something that, that you think I want to hear, right? Give me the right answer. And that was one of the things that um, one of the store met that my district manager way back when was, became one of my mentors at that time as well. And I asked him, I said, why did you promote me? So this kind of goes into like the lower levels of what you're talking. I said, why did you promote me now to be a store manager? Because I wanted to hear. So I can focus on those positive qualities and what I was missing on. He said, Carlton, whenever I'm in the store, you have an answer for each department. So you're, you're big picture thinker, right? Not just noticing they my only departments I'm over. It says you, you look at all the stores, I mean, all the different departments in the store, know what's going on. Even though if you're not over that store, you have a, a pretty good idea, right, of what's going on. And you're impactful. And that's the other thing. You're impactful that what you work on changes for the better. He says, so that's why I'm, um, and then when I come to the stores, you walk with me. Other people will run and hide, you know, because the, the, the regional guys coming in is that you look forward to walking with me and, and writing notes down and, and following up. So that's one of the suggestions. Be, be impactful. Ask the right, don't be afraid to ask questions. You only get, you can only give them the right answer if you know the questions and understand what's behind the question to answer it correctly. Yeah. And that used to be a struggle, um, but I learned through the years to not be afraid to ask uh, questions just so that you can get more understanding of what people are looking for so that you can deliver what they're looking for. And that's one of those things that's tough because it's a learn by doing. You know, I mean, if you're not good at it, that's one of those things you can't read a book on it. Like you have to learn by doing, you know, yeah. and I always like when I was before I had my own company in the corporate world, like when you walk into a meeting with your boss, right, you're always I got this great advice from a boss once that said, always try to anticipate 
the questions that they're going to ask. And that's what you just said, right? Is if you, if you can ask the right questions in your daily life and environment, you're going to get to that point where you are, where you're good at anticipating what the questions would be. But another good example, and then I'll, this is the last question, but talking about, you know, you worked with this vendor to create a solution that will work for you, right? Which is, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, forward thinking, innovative in itself. How do you, and I, and I think credit to the vendor, right? To be able to say, hey, we've got this, but it seems like that's not what you need, help us, right? So it's right. more consultative than we've got everything that you need right in our trunk out here, right? <laughs> so talk a little bit about how that worked. Like, like if someone's out there they're like, man, I'm just not getting what I need from this vendor. Is there any advice you would have both for maybe the person in your shoes, but also the vendor to say, Hey, you may not have everything, but we could help you. Yeah, be open for change. I had a, I had a couple of vendors that I reach out with stuff, and it's like, well, we we normally don't do that. Okay, well, you can't help me then. <laughs> right. So be, be able to go outside your. This is what I need. If you want this business, then you need to go outside the box and do something different than what you're trying to sell me. Yeah. Right. So that's. From a vendor side, just be open and, and, and listen and, and try and understand what they need and how they need it and give suggestions that, hey, I've seen some other, I've had some, some, this, so I'm talking from the vendor side, supplier side. Some vendors come up to me, hey, I've seen something like this happening in another store. Hey, Carlton, what do you think about this? Is that something or, or how could we tweak this for you? Would that be something that you're interested in? And many times that, you know, it doesn't go, go anywhere. And a couple of times it happens. So, oh yeah, I like that. But let's do it a little this way, or this is what I need and here's why. And then they were, they tweak it for me. So, so be open to listen, not just selling your own product, show them your product, but listen to what they need and how you can change your product for it to work for them. Now from, from the, the retailer side, know your stuff right you got to know your numbers what do you need and think outside the box things different you know if i if i had if i didn't have any limitations what what could i do to help fix this product this problem or this product or this category so that's kind of what i look at so so even with that said so we came up with this right this is something that we came up with, you know, about four years ago, but I'm looking beyond that now. So we put this theft to turn on here that says if found at Kroger, that's a sticker. And then I have this one here, right? But I'm, I'm combining the two. Now it's like, look, why do I, should I have my stores have two stickers when, why can't I just make this and this work together to make one sticker? And I've, I've put that out to several vendors and, oh, we can't do that. We don't know. And I found one that, that now has, has done it for me and is, is making it for me and, and looking at it. So that's the next iteration I'm going to do is, okay, I'm going to save more labor. I'm going to save expense. I'm going to only have one label instead of two. It's not going to take up as much of the artwork that the suppliers and the vendors, you know, I have on the product. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking at. I'm always looking to say, okay, how can I still make this better? I'm not just stuck here. Yeah. So 
So one person went back to one of the questions. One of the one of my VPs told me one time that Carlton, here's something that you need to do that would help you tremendously. Because you do good at everything else, is listen to understand. That's huge. That's that's what the vendors need to do is listen yeah. to understand yeah. what's behind the comments and the questions of what they're trying to say. And then that's well, when you ask questions to probe in more to understand what they're getting. Well, from the vendor perspective, too, I think they need the retailer to be as good as you with knowing the numbers, but being specific, right? Like specific, because, you know, the retailer should respect that's a, that the solution provider is truly putting out labor themselves and potential investment themselves and product and stuff like that. So, you know, that like you, you were super specific, had a test, executed the test, and then you rolled it out, right? It wasn't like, you know, oh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it was <laughs> like, like it was specific. So I think that's super important too and respectful on your side, clearly. But you gotta be willing to, if you're gonna test something, to, to put a hold or to course correct, right? And say, okay, this is the right way or this isn't, gonna work so yeah hey i tested it it's not gonna work the numbers weren't right i didn't get the correct feedback and then you move on but you don't stop there you still keep testing you still keep trying to find something new something more innovative to help you increase your sales and minimize your losses oh i love it all right we'll have to leave it there carlton this has been awesome so fun conversation we really appreciate you we appreciate all tag the sponsor of this episode but thanks so much, man. I really appreciate no, it. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Day. You uh, can tweet us about these amazing tweetables that Carlton just told you at Let's Talk LP on Twitter. Make sure you follow us on the LinkedIn and download the Talk LP News app, which might be where you're listening to this podcast. But loss prevention breaking news headlines right in the palm of your hand. We appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, all tags. See ya. Cause, cause, cause No one can do it like we do it Like we do it, like we do it Cause no one can do it like we do it Like we do it, like we do it